Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to our resistance recap that is on time this week. And <laughs> <laughs> we were talking all about the episode The Disappeared, which aired on Sunday, February 24th. It was directed by Sergio Paez and it was written by Stephen Melching. The fun thing about Stephen Melching is that the reason why in Rebels we have that Ugnaught whose name is Melch that was had that like great relationship with Hondo is because of Stephen Melching. So I thought it was fun that he was back mm-hmm. in I think it is this fun. part of animation. They it's had great. Melch and Hondo is such a great relationship. Too, so. <laughs> so good, so good. <laughs> so yeah, if he had anything to do with that whole situation, then I'm happy, and he did a great job this week too. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited about this. I can't believe we have three episodes left of Resistance. And really? it, you can feel it, but it's sad. <laughs> you can feel it in the air. You can. You can. You really can. And this episode really did feel like – like, I mean, all of them have kind of had cliffhangers, but this was the first one where I got the feeling about like, oh, we're setting up like the end of season arc. Like, they're going to be more yes. connected. Yeah, that is so true. We haven't really gotten like a big cliffhanger yet. Yeah. In this episode, and I guess we'll talk about this, but I felt like in in the past, Resistance episodes have all felt like a compact story. And I was waiting for that part after, you know, they get away and everything. I was like, oh, okay, so there's going to be like another conversation in Yeager's garage. And then it was this like amazing cliffhanger of them about to be arrested Um, And I felt like that was definitely a turning point in like our comfort level of resistance. And that was really exciting. Okay, I'm so ready to talk about this. So in part one, we discuss our highs and lows. Part two is all about story. And in part three, we talk about the characters. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Okay, welcome to part one where we're going over our highs and lows for the episode. And I think you went first last week. Did you? Yeah, I think so. Whatever. You go first. I'll go first. I am so obsessed with Aunt Z this episode. She completely stole the show for me. Um, My favorite part in particular was when she yelled at the First Order trooper once she was in the prison cell and she said, I will not be quiet. I was like, yes. Resist. Um, (laughs) She was amazing though. I mean, from when she sassed the – like. Aunt Z is the only person who can sass the First Order stormtroopers, and it was amazing when, like, when she told them that their propaganda was not welcome in her in her bar, and she's like, "It doesn't really go with my decor, but thanks." <laughs> and then when she straight up told them, she was like, "No one here is going to join the First Order. We're all too good for that." <laughs> I, like, I loved that. These young people are too good for that. <laughs> I was like, Aunt Z, I'm worried for you. And then she got kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. She crossed a line, but it was a good line to cross. She and did. she's so cool with her space waffles tattoo oh and everything. She's amazing. And you but and you know that she has no regrets either about what she did. Mm-mm. She so just, good. She's amazing. I love her. I was happy to see more of her in this episode. I think that, you know, I think she's in like the first two episodes and we haven't really seen a lot of her. And it was good to, you know, kind of get a really firm grip on her character a little bit more in this episode. Yeah, I mean, she definitely pops up throughout, but this is the first time we've spent a little bit more time with her this in a while. So yeah, she was a welcome sight back on the screen. Mm -hmm, Definitely. So my first high is Niku saying, "Food, food, 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 food." (laughs) 
<laughs> I loved this so much. I was actually like kind of zoning off a little bit in that part. And then I my ears like perked up when he goes, I love food, 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 food. I was like, this is my brain. <laughs> it is. Can confirm. <laughs> and I just I, I love Niku more with each passing episode. And I thought that was just hilarious. Yeah. And I can't wait until, you know, more people see this episode and that I can use that gif like openly and willingly on social media because I think I'll use it all the time. It's going to be your most used gif. Yeah, Niku Niku was definitely the source of a lot of laughs this episode. I loved in the beginning when Tam and Kaz were having an argument and Tam was like, well, the First Order has made the, you know, the Colossus so much safer. And Niku's like, yes, here is the list why. And then Kaz is like, yeah, well, what about all our freedom? And Niku's like, ah, oh, also right. Here is the list why. He's <laughs> just super specific. <laughs> he I weighs re- it both he ways. He does. He has, he has like no bias. <laughs> <laughs> I love to when he – what was – I forget what Ansi said, but it was something along the lines of like – you're not welcome here or something to the First Order. And Niku's face was just like, whoa. <laughs> he was like so scared for her. He's so cute. He's really cute. So my second high was I was so impressed with Kaz this episode. I just like – I feel like I'm watching my child slash friend mature and grow up in like the best way possible. And I thought that he was just like so on top of things this episode. I don't know. I really like this Kaz. Um, But I loved – specifically that he had the foresight with the prisoners not to just like let them escape like back onto the Colossus, not to just rescue them to – you know, for hype to go back um, to the aces and Aunt Z back to the bar, but for that, that wasn't the smart choice. That the smart choice was actually for them to leave the Colossus altogether and buy them a little bit more time from the first order. I was like, yes, oh, that's so smart. Yes, it really was. He he's he's growing up. It's so great. It is. I that's kind of my high too. Is I think things are heating up and we're seeing great growth in characters like Kaz, and I can really feel that. Um, you know, the First Order is on each of our characters' backs and their reactions to that have been really honestly satisfying to watch as we have watched them from the beginning. And Kaz is a perfect example of someone who really, you know, brought back his training like full circle to help people, basically. I I loved it. I think you're so right. Mm -hmm. Okay, what Mm -hmm. was your uh, low? So my low was, I don't know, I wasn't super jazzed about hype being the one that was kidnapped i don't know it's not that it was bad he i just don't know if he would have been my pick it was like the tension wasn't there as much for me with hype um because we just haven't spent a lot of time with him and i think it could have been an interesting opportunity to have had you know someone like tam be worried for hype even though they've had this kind of falling out um i think that would have been a really interesting kind of take on the hype kidnapping that we didn't really explore. And I mean, I know that hype and tour are friends. They just haven't really seen it. So it was hard for me to really feel some of that tension. Yeah, I totally agree with that. My low was that I feel like there there should have been way more characterization about wh- how what Tam was feeling about the fact that hype was kidnapped and that Tora and Kaz were the ones that were searching for him. I felt like there, there should have been some more tension there given Tam and um, hype's history, but it wasn't really there at all. It was only there when they were in Anzi's uh, tavern, and I felt like there definitely could have been more there. I do think that 
the argument for hype being a good figurehead to capture for this storyline is that hype is just that, a figurehead for the aces. And it was pretty important that Resistance kind of establish that the First Order is disrupting this kind of great thing about the Colossus, the fact that um, they have these races and people love them. And I think hype was like the stand-in for that. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. There, I just feel like there could have been more done with the actual kidnapping as far as like relationships with our characters, particularly with Tam. Because that's the – I mean, that's the thing. That's kind of where Resistance has fallen short for me is in Tam's relationships because I think like her um, like frustration and, and friendship with Kaz I think is really well done. Um, and we've seen that growth and those challenges there really well. But like with Hype, they had their one episode that brought up a lot of really interesting tension. And then it hasn't really been revisited a lot. And the same thing with Sonara too. They had that amazing episode that set up this great relationship between Tam and Sonara. And then they never really spent any more time together one-on-one. I totally oh. agree. I, there's there's room to redeem this. I think that there could be more. Like, If there's a whole Tam episode that explores all this, I think I'll rethink what I'm saying right now and agreeing with you. But in this moment, it did feel like a wasted opportunity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully that is remedied in the future. Definitely. Okay, let's talk about the story. Okay, so welcome to part two where we're talking about the story. So we always lead with this question. So here it is, Caitlin. What's the state of the First Order? Get ready, Caitlin. <laughs> it's always <laughs> you, Caitlin. Who has the state answer? of the First Order? <laughs> um, the first, you know, our pot of spaghetti, it's... We're definitely at a healthy summer right now. (laughs) Um, The First Order is they're doing a lot of threatening with Doza. And I thought it was great to see Doza kind of push back on that a little bit in this episode where he's like, no, the – okay. It was great to see Doza kind of push back on this a little bit. But I had to laugh because Doza was like racing like is a way of life here on the Colossus when we actually haven't really seen that much racing on the Colossus. (laughs) We saw it like at the very beginning of the season, but then we haven't really seen it that much since. So I think it's kind of funny that Doza put such an emphasis on it when – it actually hasn't. We talked about this the last episode, how the racing actually hasn't been that much a part of the show as we kind of initially thought it would have been. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was funny. But the um, the First Order troopers, I mean, what I really liked was that they were actively recruiting people. That was something I didn't really expect to see or had really even considered. But I really liked that piece of the troopers being there. It was like, here's our sign-up poster. <laughs> hmm I actually hadn't considered that, that they were kind of hoping to turn people to their side on the Colossus, is the implications of that, is they are completely trying to, you know, build their ranks and kind of, I don't know, I think that you bring up an interesting point that I actually hadn't considered, that they're trying to almost flip everyone on the Colossus to work for them because it's good for the Colossus. Yeah, and but there, I mean, there were other people in that prisoner cargo Mm -hmm. hold too so and we've seen that's what's interesting is that the first order is actively recruiting people on the colossus so i wonder if it'll come to light who they've recruited re our tam episode or our tam discussion last week what if someone like tam has already been recruited 
and we just don't know. know it yet. You know what I mean? I know. Um, it really, it re- that really could be the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why she's like completely actively pushing against this narrative that the first order is completely bad. <sighs> Guys, <laughs> that would be insane. That would be really insane. Um, I feel like this episode really did a good good job of underscoring that the pirates, the whole pirate conflict, is false. That the First Order is really drilling home that, like, in order to protect you from the pirates, you know, we have to do this. The pirates, the pirates, the pirates. Mm-hmm. And it just it's just an excuse to um, allow the First Order to expand upon the Colossus. I find it – it was great to see that point kind of hammered home for people and kids who didn't necessarily understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that, too, kind of what we were discussing with Niku earlier, how he – really laid it out, the pros and cons of (laughs) what the First Order had accomplished while they were on the Colossus. And yeah, you're right. Like the the First Order is constantly kind of waving this empty thread about the pirates. But our characters still don't know that that was like basically a double crossing by the First Order themselves. So I'm like, I keep just waiting for Sonara to show back up and be like, this is what real. This is the truth. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> Rise hope so. with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, or for like someone like Kaz to figure it out, or Tor, or any of them to figure it out that the First Order has been duping them all along. And and Doza brings it up too when he when he and Yeager are together and they're talking to Tor and Kaz and Yeager or in. Doza says something on the lines of, you know, they're they're protecting the ship and you, Tora. Like, oh yeah, like they're definitely using Tora against. Doza as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's also really interesting that the First Order kind of makes it clear that they're trapping. Maybe it doesn't make it clear, but it was clear to the audience, I think, that the First Order wants to trap um, the people of the Colossus on the Colossus. They're not allowing them to leave. And like, why are they trapping them there? It's, it's kind of intense. Mm-hmm. To work there, to make sure the Colossus is still running, I guess. Yeah, so then it makes me think maybe they just don't want to destroy it completely. They want to they there's definitely something if it's the fueling thing like Kaz says, there's definitely something that the first order needs that's tangible that would, you know, make make it so that the Colossus wasn't destroyed like those other planets that we saw in the last episode. Um the Colossus is important and in order for it to to continue and to be important, I guess they need their residents to stay there rather than completely flee that now that the First Order is there. Yeah, it's weird that they don't just get rid of everyone on the Colossus and bring in for First Order people to run it. But I guess if you have this influx of people that just, I don't know, I guess they're it would kind of show their hand more. Like if you had mm-hmm. this sudden like whole community that was homeless um, in a sense, but then it's like, well, why don't they just kill them all? I don't know. Yeah. I think there's also this other part where the first order has risen from the, from the sidelines, right? It's this yeah. extremist group. I don't know if they necessarily have enough people to continue to just bring in a whole other, you know, troop to run the Colossus, to completely take it over. Maybe they don't have enough resources, what? and that's why they're trying to convert. Well, I don't know. Think about how many people we see during Hux's speech in The Force of Force Awakens. That's a lot You're of people. You're right. Yeah, but maybe those are all the people that are trying to man the Starkiller base, and they need that many people. I don't know. I think the First Order is a lot bigger than we think it is because, I mean, just the fact that Cass is like, Definitely. oh, they've got a fleet. Definitely. I mean, it totally is. It's just I, f- I feel like at, at 
at the center of it, it's still, you know, yeah. trying to expand its reach. Well, yeah, and it is recruiting people. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's an interesting question, though, about why they're not – I think it's more than just a numbers game of like having people available because they could just like force the people on the Colossus like into servitude or something like that. Maybe that's something that'll be coming up in the next couple episodes, like why they haven't just like cleared out the Colossus and brought their own people in, Mm -hmm. why they haven't like kind of just forced everyone to work for the First Order or just like killed them all or just put them all in prison. I don't know. I I think that's interesting. I think it has to come up just because – they've they've raised these questions in this episode that I'd be surprised if it didn't. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think a cool thing about this episode also is that it, it brings a couple things around that um I think we already covered but I, I think it's worth repeating that the reason why they have the um the races is because of morale and it like builds morale. I know you laughed at that when you heard that because we haven't seen it really, but I think it was an interesting piece of history in terms of like the context of the Colossus to understand why the races continue and why people like Doza who run the Colossus find it so important um, and crucial. Cause it seems it's a weird thing. Like it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not a huge part. I mean, I feel like it, it, it it's a huge part of the Colossus, but I feel like it, it's, it's a, it's a fun thing. Yeah. It's a fun thing. And I think that they needed to underscore that it continues to allow, you know, the citizens of the Colossus this fun way to interact and with their home. Yeah. And I, yeah. Oh, continue. Sorry. I was just going to say it is really fun. We still haven't gotten a whole lot of information about how the racing actually started on the Colossus. Mm-hmm. There's still like so much background information I want on the Colossus and Doza that I'm sure will come up later, hopefully, but I feel like it would just – I don't even know if it would be helpful for the overall story. It's just something that I really want to know. Yeah, definitely. I also think that the show has done a really good job of showing how tyranny and the First Order taking over affects the little things, the the small things, especially with our characters, like mm-hmm. Tam and Kaz's aspirations to be a, an ace – you see Aunt Z's livelihood and her like kind of peaceful, if you can call it that tavern, um, completely overrun with customers because she's gone and she was taken. So I, I suppose her her good name in her um, bar is kind of tarnished, right? Mm-hmm. You saw that droid like completely <laughs> overwhelmed. Um, <laughs> and then also now at the very end, is everyone getting arrested in Yeager's workshop? Like all these different these small things are affected in big ways because of the first order. And I think that's really good that it shows like the trickle down effect of how, how things are really bad when bad people take over. Yeah. And just kind of a a semi-related side note to that, when they were talking about hype ship and how hype ship was going to be scrapped, Mm -hmm. like it was going to be used for resources, like recycling basically, I thought yeah. that was a really interesting tidbit that the First Order was doing. Um, it's so it's pretty sad because clearly Hype loved that ship, right? He loves it. Yeah. And it would, the First Order was just willing to throw it away. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of sh- shows what they think of this morale-boosting activity of uh, piloting. Mm-hmm. And I find it I, – I, I think that's a really good element that Resistance is introducing about how, you know, the small things are – completely affected based off Mm -hmm. off these larger decisions yeah that's one of the benefits of the colossus is that everything is self-contained 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a really good storytelling idea. It's just a really good storytelling piece, a really good yes. set piece. I heard the Colossus. Maybe I hope I get some like Colossus merch at a Star Wars celebration. <laughs> what is your dream piece of Colossus merch? I don't know, but I want like I definitely want to see like a cross section of the Colossus. I think that yes. would be what there's a whole like Star Wars book with like cross sections. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? incredible cross sections. That's it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I want like a cross section of the Colossus or just like a cool Almost like a – okay, this is what I want. I almost want like a retro theme park style map of the Colossus. Wow. That's what wow. I want. Doesn't that sound amazing? That sounds really good. That I sounds, want that. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I want that real bad. That's what I want. Maybe when someday we get an Art of Star Wars Resistance book, um, it'll be included in there. But that feels like really far away considering we're just now getting the Art of Star yeah. Wars Rebels in like October. <laughs> and that show's been done for by that point a year and a half. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> thank you for your encouragement. <laughs> Maybe we'll get it though. It'd be I I could see a really cool animation of how um all the different parts of the Colossus, like like you said, like a cross section, but an animated version that maybe they put on YouTube. I just want to hear them do. I I also so I want my like theme park style map of the Colossus, and then I also want like a like an actual Rebels Recon type episode that just talks about the development of designing the Colossus. Like I want mm-hmm. Killian to sit down and like walk me through how they did that and like really explain it to me. That would be cool. That'd be such like a great. I bet they do that as like a bonus feature. Mm-hmm. I want it. Okay, back to the resistance. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I realize I feel like this is gonna this conversation piece is going to like expire in a week, but I think it's worth talking about. So, why do you think everyone is getting arrested at the end? My first thought was like, did someone rat them out? Why is literally everyone getting arrested? Niku ratted them out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. I think Miku or Tam did because I think it's very – I actually think Tam did. But it was very pointed, you know, after Kaz and Tora came out from their conversation with Yiga. Yiga? What did I just say? (laughs) Yiga. Yiga, honey. (laughs) Yiger and Doza. Tam, it was another, it was that standoff again with Tam and uh, Kaz about what Kaz was talking about. And Tam knows he's lying. And um, we'll talk about this in part three, but Tam, that that tension between them regarding the the purpose of the First Order was brought up quite a bit in this episode too. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was something Tam said, whether in passing and a First Order trooper overheard it or like she went up and told them something. I haven't I didn't consider that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, or if they're just watching, you know, and they just find out like that. For a second I thought that maybe like Doza or Jaeger did it as like a it looks like I'm ratting you out, but I'm really not kind of situation, you know what I mean? That's what I thought. But then I was like I really don't think Doza would do that with Tora. Which side note, I was really surprised that Doza was like totally okay with Tora like going out with Kaz to rescue Hype. <laughs> Yeah, I think that that is, shows that Doza is very concerned about what's happening enough to let his daughter, who he's kind of left cooped up, go 
go and try to save hype it just yeah i don't know it seems weird because he he made the point of saying like the first order is also protecting you tora okay bye tora bye kaz tell (laughs) us when you find hype like that just didn't really seem to fit for me but um yeah so i don't think that joza would have done it and i don't think they since Jaeger and Joza were together in this episode, I don't think Jaeger would have done it. So I either think Tam did it or the First Order, like, was watching them and overheard, you know, something like that. Yeah, definitely could have been the First Order watching. My thought was that it was Doza who ratted them out because he wanted the First Order office back a little bit more. But even just saying mm-hmm. that out loud doesn't really make a lot of sense unless they have a good case for it. Um, I think you're onto something. Thank you. you're welcome (laughs) okay i also wanted to talk about before we jump into characters just about the pacing of the series because i've seen a lot of comments on social media that say that resistance is quote slow do you find resistance slow no i know it's very confusing to me the the thing is and a lot of people were agreeing so i thought it was worth discussing to me i feel like resistance is structured a lot differently than perhaps what we're used to i think that rebels if if we if you're an animation star wars animation fan i think rebels kind of showed that not everything needs to be an arc like the clone wars and if these three episodes or four episode um continued uh like compressed stories i and it showed that like each episode could be its own thing But I think they kind of got away from that towards the end of Rebels, where everything was kind of one moving piece. With Resistance, I think you get a like a compact story. This was the first time, like we said, um, where there was like a really big cliffhanger, and we haven't had that so far. And I feel like we've earned that that sort of tension build a lot. But it kind of blew my mind because I just think it's just a different format than we're used to in our Star Wars animation. I don't know. Does that make sense to you, Caitlin? Yeah, it does. I think that maybe some people think that – or their preference is to have more of the arc storytelling because you get the complete story in a Mm -hmm. shorter amount of time in three or four episodes. Whereas with Resistance, I I mean, I don't think Resistance is slow, but I think I can understand that perspective because – it's just like these one-off stories and then you're kind of waiting for that bigger story to be complete. So like we've been waiting for like let's take the First Order spy thread as an example. Like we've been waiting now for that one to come. <laughs> it's like some kind of conclusion now for what, 17 episodes? And so that is slow. And so if you're like more invested in those kinds of storylines and like the overall like where is the resistance? What's the first order storyline kind of doing? Um, that's taking like the whole season to be wrapped up or to move in some kind of meaningful large step. Um, whereas like these one-off episodes don't necessarily always pertain to that bigger storyline all the time. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. I think. Yeah, I do feel like right now, I think there's a fair amount of people who are watching Resistance. I think that it's kind of hard for people to find in some places. But I think that once it is, you know, season one is wrapped, I think it will they will gain a bigger audience for season two, like any show does, just because I feel like the first season will be quite bingeable and easy mm-hmm. to watch. And it will be pretty satisfying. I, I mean, I don't know how the series ends, but I feel like it will be pretty satisfying to see this arc and not be waiting week by week. It, there's something really great about being able to binge a series, and that's kind of what I'm looking forward to potentially them doing with um, the Mandalorian. Plus. 
yeah, the Mandalorian, the Cassian Andor series and stuff like that. I feel like once I feel like that comment will kind of dissipate when um, you have the full piece of at least one one season. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's always nice when you can watch it as a whole as mm-hmm. opposed to piece by piece because sometimes you forget things when you're going week to week. Yeah, the best example is Game of Thrones. Oh, if yeah. you like like <laughs> there's just so much packed into these episodes and it's like you forget characters' names and their lineage and everything, but when you binge it, it's so so fresh in your mind mm-hmm. that the piece works so much better. Um whether you're a fan of the Game of Thrones or not, like you understand that um there's just a lot of things going on that it's just easy to remember when you watch episodes back to back. That was one of the reasons I stopped watching Game of Thrones um, It's because I was watching it in real time for like the first three, three and a half, four seasons and mm-hmm. it was so much to keep up with and I could never remember who was who, where we were going. <laughs> what was? Yeah. I mean, I knew all the big players, but that was just a lot for me. So now I just keep up on my faves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I love it, but I binged it all yeah. the way through. Like mm-hmm. I never watched it real time except for last season. And I, this isn't a Game of Thrones podcast, but I do think that <laughs> like that was a huge benefit to me just because I was able to understand those characters and those storylines a lot better because I was constantly thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I think the same will be for the same could be said for Resistance once it all comes and goes. I will love having resistance and then being able to put on the force awakens and kind of seeing how these timelines mesh the timelines the timelines <laughs> the timelines <laughs> like let's pretend that resistance is definitely ending like right before the force awakens do you think we'll get like a handoff like we did for rogue one into a new hope from resistance into the force awakens <laughs> i don't know Maybe i feel like it it will be clear that something like that will happen, but I'm not sure. I think that, like, we saw it in the trailer, the whole Huck speech. I think yeah. that's, like, a clear point for the audience to be like, oh, okay, so that's happening when this is happening. Yeah. And I don't know if there'll be, like, a handoff or anything like that, but I do think that that will be, like, an anchor to help us with the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I'm just ready for them to, like, it's like a ticking time bomb in my head of, like, when are they going to merge? When are these timelines going to intersect? <laughs> I think next episode. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) all right. Are you ready to move into part three? Yes, let's do it. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. All right. Welcome to part three where we're talking about the characters. And let's start off with our issue the first order spy, is she not Tam? Tam's relationship with the First Order has been so intriguing the past couple of episodes and only continues to be in this past episode. So what was the deal with Tam and the First Order this episode? I thought it was so interesting. When she asks the First Order troopers in um, Aunt Z's bar where hype is and she gets an answer back and she's like, see, there's the, the impetus behind that whole conversation is the fact that Tam was like see they're good like they just they gave me the straight answer Mm -hmm. and everyone else was like (laughs) no that's not the right answer why are you so accepting of that Mm -hmm. it it kind of is alarming to me that she was so quick to accept that yeah and maybe that has something to do with her you know she's she's really 
they kind of built up a wall around herself about her relationship with hype and is just like, I'm not going to give him the time of day. And so I'm satisfied with this answer that he's fine and I can just move on. But I, I, I don't know. I, that was a that was a really fascinating point to me where I think that everyone was like, you can't just take that at face value. <laughs> and yeah. she, she did. She took it at face value. Yeah. Well, and to kind of like kind of like Kaz with the resistance and like, you know, we talk a lot about Kaz being awakened to what's really going on around him. Tam kind of has to go through the same thing as well. And right now she's like in the middle of it and it's easier to just say like, no, they're definitely good. And like here, like she's justifying things a lot um, mm-hmm. because that's easier than admitting that one, she was wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. And two, that now her friends and herself are in danger. And then then that will also like have make, I'm sure make her question a lot of things about her own family and their service to the empire, which would not be a fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm so intrigued by her character. It just continues to surprise me. I, I find in the past three episodes myself being like, mm, she's probably the spy. I think that you might have hit the nail on the head by saying that she already signed up for the First Order. <laughs> I, I hadn't considered that, but can you imagine if she did? And she was like, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of over working in Yeager's workshop. Like, I'm not getting what I want. Yeager's not giving me the time of day. I guess I have to move on and to greener pastures. <laughs> I know. I just, that's funny. Anyone talking about the First Order as greener pastures. <laughs> I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but she kind of sees it that way. I think she does. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, like, that, that doesn't mean it's like – Tam hasn't been the First Order spy for the whole season. I think it's something that, if that's what happened, has happened very recently. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I still – we talked about this earlier too, but I still wish that there had been some more attention with the fact that Hype was the one who was missing, um, which I guess there was because Tam was like – you know, when Tor was like, that doesn't sound like him at all. And Tam's like, uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Let me fill you in, sister. <laughs> um, there was still that anger. Um, but like I said, it's been such a long time since Hype and Tam's episode that I wish there had been some moments between the two of them in the in-between episodes. Not even just like little one-offs or something like that that just would have kind of furthered that um tension between them. Definitely. It was just there was an opportunity and they kind of missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally but, agree. But now now that hype is back or gone off i don't know i wonder if they'll they'll revisit that relationship a little bit more um i don't know i know they will they will because it's super intriguing i don't know why i just said that and donald Faison is super cool that he's gonna come back Mm -hmm. also they're going to tokadana and i know it's awesome that they're going to tokadana and maz are friends like that is the best gal pal relationship i've ever seen in my life that was the best when she said that i was like oh my god she knows mass of course she does they're both tavern owners it's like it's so perfect this like these female tavern owners i loved it it was so great it's amazing like you know that they just got like super wasted one night and mass was like (laughs) get the space waffles tattoo and he was like (laughs) okay like Maz designed it or something. <laughs> what if Maz has a matching space waffle that we tattoo? just haven't seen yet? What if? Yeah, what if? A lot of clothes. What if hers are like space eggs or like space pancakes? <gasps> space bacon. And they're like the breakfast sisters. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. And just like imagine the size difference too. It's, just, it's so amazing. Great. It's amazing. <laughs> I just like now I can't help but think about the Force Awakens and like that whole scene with Maz and Finn when she's calling across the table. And like, what if Ancy is just like behind the camera, like also there? Yeah. It would be so I- great. <laughs> maybe she is maybe you just don't know yeah i maybe we'll see it I'm maybe that she is maybe kaz is in that tavern at the same time that ray and finn and um han are you, um that would like freaking blow my mind it would be so cool if they're like there when the castle is crumbling and everything like that i just think that would be amazing and i hope that we get some maz and aunt z Scene time, like screen time. That would just, oh my god! And like all three, like Maz and Aunt Z trying to deal with hype and him like freaking out. I just think is like the perfect kind of scene. <laughs> well, we have seen um, Lupita Nyong'o do voice acting. She yes, was, uh, and voice did a lot of, of Maz and Forces of Destiny. Yeah, so you never know. I, I don't think it's ex- exactly off the table. Them, I was surprised that they were going to Takadana. I mean, that's weird. Well, this, that was like random. This is like the fourth <laughs> time they've mentioned Takadana on because Kaz has mentioned it a couple times, right? Yeah, I think she, yeah, he totally has. So, like, a lot mm. of people, I, I guess I just assumed that like not a lot of people knew about Tokadana, but like apparently a lot of people know about Tokadana. <laughs> I know, it's weird. It's a watering hole for all walks of life. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that's, I mean, I. I, we should have assumed that more people did because I think in the visual dictionary it talks about how it's a really popular place. Mm-hmm. I mean, Han Solo has been there uh, so many times and I I feel like we should probably assume that a lot of people know about it, but it's still surprising and cool to see that sort of intersection. I just like, I really want Maz and Nancy to get together and I want to see it. That would be great. That's, that's, my, that's my season two wish list. <laughs> so back to Kaz. We talked about how great he is and how he had his moment where he really helped them get off planet, which was so great. But another thing that I thought about how when he and Tora, you know, stumble on Yeager and Doza in that room discussing things. And um, I forget, the, I don't remember the line, but when he's like, I know we got to go help. And Yeager's like, yes, that's exactly what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Loved that moment because that felt like there's there's a let me just take a step back. There's a couple of times in Resistance where I think they're going to lean into a trope or a storyline that is done before or something that is going to annoy me in a in a storytelling sense, like having Yeager chastise Kaz for wanting to help, and then Kaz you know going above and beyond um, and going against Yeager's wishes. I was so happy to see that Yeager was like. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. You should. Yeah, you should spring into action. And it just reminded me a lot of what we always say about Rose Tico, about how she never hesitates. And here is, and I think that we think of Rose as like the ultimate resistance fighter, um, someone who comes from the bottom, who is willing to you know sacrifice everything to um, for what she believes in. And I feel like, and for her friends, right? Um, we see that in The Last Jedi. And I felt like Kaz kind of exhibited the same thing here where he didn't hesitate at all. He sprung into action and knew what he, he should do exactly. And it just made my heart swell a lot. I just – I love Kaz a whole lot. <laughs> and Kaz has never hesitated. That's something that's so great about his characters, no matter, like, how scary the situation is. And, and even if he 
like if he does seem a little hesitant when push comes to shove, he's always going to dive right in and try to do the right thing, even if it doesn't turn out the right way. <laughs> um, in this episode, I yeah, that point you brought up when Jaeger was like, yeah, that's exactly what you should do. And Cass was like, yes, okay, great. <laughs> and he like scampers off. <laughs> The only time that Kaz has really hesitated in my memory was when he was handed that blaster and he had, like, no idea what to do with it. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was, like, an adorable moment. And I thought that in terms of his character, he should hesitate to, you know, fully use a weapon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I feel like that maybe doesn't follow under the same tree of what we're discussing. But I did I do think that that's an important part of his character, that he didn't really know what to do at all. But now... In this episode, you know, 17 or 18 episodes into um, the show, he springs into action and brings the plan fully around. He's he's growing up. He elevates the plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. The whole um, the whole gun thing it, or blaster thing, it reminds me of – I used to watch this show called Chuck with Zachary Levi um, in it and where he has like a supercomputer in his head or whatever. But he's like this totally geeky guy. Um, he's kind of like Kaz, I guess, in that sense. And the girl that he falls in love with is a spy and is like a, a badass spy or whatever. And they're working together, whatever, whatever, whatever. They fall in love and he tries to be a badass spy for her. And she's like, no, like, I'm glad that you don't like know how to actually use a gun or like really fight these people because like that's what makes you a good person and like what makes you a good like part of our team or whatever is because like there are lines that you don't cross. And I don't know, it kind mm-hmm. of reminded me of like why I it like I was thinking about it from our conversation last week and I was like, "Oh, that's that's what I was trying to think of when I was saying that I was kind of glad that Kaz isn't automatically like so skillful with a blaster." Um, it, like, keeps a bit of his innocence in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not to say that that won't change down the line because, like, as Poe points out, like, if they shoot, like, you got to shoot back. Yeah, he has to learn. He has to learn. But I'm glad that that's not always, like, his first response. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really important. And I think that's a cool aspect of his character. Um, just an aside, I think it's cool that Resistance uses the stun function often with the guns. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed that. There's no real clear shooting. And I appreciate that. This is a children's show. And the stun function, we saw it immediately in like the first two minutes of Star Wars, um, maybe the first 10 minutes of Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and we never really see it often. So I'm glad to see it back again. <laughs> Set blasters for stun. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, that's that's very Star Trek, but yeah. <laughs> it is, but it, it's it's good to see it in Star Wars too. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, this is generally aimed for younger eyes. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to keep things like that. But yeah, I think Kaz in this episode, I mean, I thought he acted really efficiently. His plan was good. He was confident in what he was doing. I was just all about Kaz in this episode, and I can't wait to see – well, I can because Kaz is going to be so sad in the next couple episodes. (laughs) But – We're approaching emo hair territory. That's going to be interesting because Kaz has shown, like, a lot of really amazing growth in the past, like, what, three, four episodes. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, he's, like, chugging towards this, like, moment right, of, like, finally understanding and being, like, a really good spy, and then he's going to have the rug pulled out from him with this really traumatic event. And so 
it'll be really telling how he reacts to that and what his first steps are after that event happens. I don't know. I mean, I think that we just, you know, spent 10 minutes talking about how he always springs into action, but what will that action be? Or will he, or will it be like, will that be the thing that is debilitating? Mm -hmm. It could be. It could be for good reason. Um, Mm -hmm. It'll just be really interesting to see how he responds to that kind of grief. I'm ready. I'm not. I'm not ready, but I'm ready for the angst. I'm, yeah. Sorry, not sorry. I mean, I am too. I just I love Kaz so much, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be so I'm gonna cry. I know it. Yeah, I am too. Star Wars is tragedy, it and is. that's just the way it works. Yeah, <laughs> it's just how it goes. Oh my gosh. Okay, and then the last person who kind of played a big part in this episode was Tora, and I miss Tora. I love her when she's on screen. I was so excited to have her back. She is like a bright spot. When she's on screen, she's this bubble of happiness mm-hmm. and goodness. I love Tora. I really don't think she's the spy. She doesn't know enough. And I mean, she does she knows a lot, but I just she doesn't really let on to me to be the spy at all. I know I had that theory way back, but I don't think she is. Yeah. She's too concerned for others around her. I don't think so either. Yeah. Yeah, it was great to see her in this episode. I thought I love that She's kind of similar to Aunt Z in that she, you know, doesn't hold back. She, like, immediately dives in. She's going to do what it takes to help her friend. And I love seeing her, like, attack that trooper and just, like, jump on his back. That was great. It was amazing. That was so good. I'm like, girl, yes. Get it. Get it, girl. <laughs> it made me really happy. Yeah, me too. Anything we want to say more about the characters? This is kind of – this was a really good episode, but – it, because of the cliffhanger, it's leading to so much more that mm-hmm. all all we're really doing, I feel like, is talking around the fact that we're about to get something so much more. Yep. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Um, no, I don't think so. Uh, this was a really good episode. The tension is building. Our pot of water is simmering. And we're about to hit boiling point, listeners. So, Bo- Boiling point is going to happen in the last two episodes that are like part one, part two. Get- I forget what they're called. I think they're called like literally no escape. Get your pasta of choice ready, (laughs) whatever it is. (laughs) Get get it ready. (laughs) I know I'm gonna have pasta on that last day now. Now that I'm saying I'm gonna plan the whole dinner. Yeah, I think that's happening. Yeah, we have to. We have to. (laughs) (laughs) We'll post pictures. If you eat pasta on your last day of on the last episode of Resistance, (laughs) please tell us. Please tag us. Um, because I think now we've just made a commitment that we're going to eat pasta on the last. I mean, any excuse to eat pasta. I mean, like, when am I not eating pasta? Honestly, right? I'll I'll definitely be sure to eat it on that day. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that is going to wrap up this episode of Resistance. If you want to find us elsewhere online, you can find us on Twitter at SkyTalkersPod or SkyTalkers.com. We also have our personal handles on Twitter, which are at Kaylin Plusher and at Clarity. And if you enjoyed our Resistance recap or any of our other shows, you can head on over to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. It really helps other people find our show. Yes, definitely. And I want to thank our awesome patrons, Jason, Amy, Joanna, Neil, Mary, Larry, James, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Angela, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Brian, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, Dominic, Megan, Kate, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Catherine, Manny, David, Claudia, Kate, 
Brooklyn, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lump of Patrick, James, Hamsa, From a Certain Point of View, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kells, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Daniela, Alyssa, Rebecca, Andy, Delaney, Angela, Ali, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Jordan, Molly, Aaron, Scott, Irina, I, Rebel, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Edith, Adam, Connie, Robbie, Kirsty, Brandon, and Chuck. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes, thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.